Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of the All The Anime Podcast being recorded on Monday 23rd of March 2020. I'm Jeremy Graves and I'm joined by the ever-present Mr. Andy Hanley. Hello everyone. And yes everyone, congratulations to us I suppose because we've managed to record another podcast within four days of the previous one having happened. Andy, very golf clap style round of applause for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm exhausted now I think we need to take a break yeah, exactly thank you for tuning in everyone we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again on Wednesday it's been fa- fantabulous talking to you <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this one minute of random content wasn't that what was that platform for a while I don't know if it still actually is used was it Audio Boo that used to do that where you could essentially awesome. kind of like record like a one like a one minute sample of audio it's kind of like think I guess like Vine or something but like audio form but people could like put one minute random snippets up and post it yeah, that definitely sounds like a thing that I have a very vague recollection of. Yeah, so I, why the heck I've just thought of audio boo, I don't know, but there you go. Shows you what year <laughs> I'm currently in. How's your weekend been, buddy? Uh, yeah, it's, it's not been too bad. Like I'm, I'm currently kind of uh, trying to, to get back into to work mode after a weekend of, uh, of catching fish and shaking trees and, uh, and generally running around in, in the world of Animal Crossing. Oh, you've jumped onto that train, have you? Yes, yeah, I have. I've been torn, like, you know, the, the the whole joke has been for quite some time now. Like, are you on the Animal Crossing or the Doom Eternal side of the, the 20th of March kind of release date thing? And I was very much on the Doom Eternal side. Like, I'm still replaying through Doom 2016. Um, and uh, because I'm, I haven't finished that replay... Like, I'm not quite ready to jump onto Eternal just yet. And then I saw people posting a bunch of stuff from Animal Crossing on kind of day of release. It's like, you know what? Maybe this is the game I need right now in these weird times. Maybe this is the kind of chill-out game that I need. So, uh, so yeah, I ended up jumping on, uh, on that bandwagon instead. It does seem in this... I'll just say in the current climate, because we all know what we're talking about. It does seem that with the way things are in the current climate, you either need something as chilled out as Animal Crossing... Or you need the polar opposite in the violent onslaught that is Doom Eternal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they're both absolutely valid kind of ways to to escape from things. Because, yeah, like, Doom is a fantastic kind of... Like, turn off your sort of actively thinking about the world brain and just kind of, you know, rely on your sort of base instincts effectively. Whereas, yeah, Animal Crossing is more a chilled out. Like, ah, this is kind of doing all the stuff that I can't do because I can't really go outside, but in this virtual world. So they, they they both have a lot of merit to them. Yeah, I've never played an Animal Crossing game, but it's one of those games that I, it's just never really caught my eye. I don't know why in particular, probably just because it's... I think it might... What's the way to try and put this? Because I, I did like watch an archive of a stream over the weekend while I was taking care of some errands, like money-related things and such, which require time. So I thought, I'll just put it on in the background, just look up occasionally. And the thing that does come across is it's very real-time-based, which... I might be into it for like a day or two, but I could imagine it might be a game that I might drop off of very quickly, which, much as it sort of interests me to want to try it out, that is a big fear of mine, because it does seem like that when you get to a point and you have to literally wait until tomorrow, that's either a blessing or a curse. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like this is my first Animal Crossing as well, and yeah, like it is, a, it is a double-edged sword because on the one hand, it's kind of nice to have a a game like this where you do a certain amount of things, and it is the game doesn't literally tell you like, okay, you're done for the day, go away, but it kind of it gets to a natural end point where there's not really anything else you can do at that point in time. I mean, especially early in the game where there's still a lot of stuff that's 
clearly kind of locked away to me um but yeah like at the same time sometimes you know you you kind of want to keep playing and doing more and you find you've effectively run out of things to do um and i know some people kind of just quote unquote cheat and uh, like move the system clock forward so that you know you can just keep progressing and playing stuff so you know there are there are ways and means about it or of kind of managing that stuff. Um, but yeah, like it is quite a unique experience because a lot of other games like this are very much just, you know, have your fill for as long as you want and, you know, you could easily get lost in playing it all day. Whereas this does kind of gate you in some quite interesting ways, which, yeah, is, is either a blessing or a curse depending on how you look at it or, or, or what your kind of what your mood is at that particular point in time. So I suppose some important questions relating to this. What did you name your island? Um, so I, I went real fancy down. It, it, annoyingly, like for a modern game, there's a very... I think it's like a 10-character character limit for your island. It's like, well, I want some really long-ass fancy name because I'm in that kind of mood, um, which I, I was not allowed to have. Um, so, 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 okay, so well, uh, to preface that then, what were some of the names you were wanting to use? Um, oh, I can't remember what... I, I had I had some incredibly long word that I wanted to use and it was just like, nope, can't do that. So I, I've ended up calling it Veritas Island just because it sounds kind of fancy. Mm. So that that was my... I don't know where that, why that popped into my head when I was just like sat looking and and kind of going through all the really boring island names and it was just like, you know, I'm, I'm going with that. <laughs> you see, when it comes to... it Again, hypothetically, if I ever played this, I don't know... Is, actually, wait, is there a demo for this game? I don't think there is. Because yeah, weird as it sounds, if there was a demo for Animal Crossing on the Switch, I would probably give that a download just to try it. Even if it was, say, like, you can play, like, five hours. Like, just do what you want, but you get five hours of gameplay. That would probably be enough for me to try and just figure out how the game works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that would actually would be quite a good call because, yeah, it's definitely a game, you know, I think... Uh, even if it was just time locked of like hey you have like three you know real time days worth that kind of gives you enough time to get a feel for like here are, here are the very basic systems that you'll probably be doing a lot of if you're not into this then you know that's probably that's probably that but if if it's kind of caught your eye at that point then you know you'll, you'll probably want to, to go on and play the full thing and then there's obviously the other aspects of you know character creation could take a while choosing your island could take a while I would just say if for a demo just literally just, just say you get this island your character just looks like a default person like it doesn't really matter for a demo but just you know play around have a go try and figure some stuff out yeah i mean actually like the character creation island stuff is all actually pretty kind of simple and light touch to start with because i think a lot of the kind of character editing options kind of come in as as things you have to sort of you know buy with like the you know the, the currency you're earning in the game later on like you get a pretty basic set of here's what your your dude or, or, or gal is going to look like to start with um, and then you kind of have to work to, to customise it a bit more and then island wise it basically it creates three ran diff is it three or four like different randomly generated islands it's just like hey just pick one of these so, so like what, it's not a what, what, what kind of one did you go with then um, I mean, really, it's just kind of... It's all kind of variations of a, on a theme, really. You know, they're all just kind of chunks of land that are split split aside by some rivers, etc., etc. And so it's kind of, you know, it's all a bit much of a muchness in terms of, of the general layout. It's just, you know, maybe one will look slightly more aesthetically pleasing to you than another. So, you know, all of that stuff is is not a kind of a massive time sink of like, oh, you know, I have to make all these choices. It's It's pretty basic stuff. So how if you had to give like a pitch for this game then partly because I'm trying to still figure out what the heck it actually is 
how would you describe it? And especially if someone's listening to this who's thinking, I tuned in to hear people talk about some anime and now they're talking about Animal Crossing. <laughs> like, how, how would you pitch this? Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if you're somebody who's not into Animal Crossing and was hoping to avoid this conversation, I apologise. Um, but, uh, I mean, basically, the, the the pitch for it is is that you get kind of offered a chance to move to a deserted island with a couple of, of, of friends who are just kind of like AI characters that just kind of run around and do their own thing. Um, and really, it's just kind of... At this point, it's really just about building up your island. So, you know, you start off just living in a tent and you know all you've got is a bed and then you know you can start getting furniture for like inside you can start getting stuff to to you know make things look fancier outside you need to craft things to you know you can craft a net to catch like butterflies and insects you can uh craft like an axe to like get wood out of trees which obviously then all feeds back into the crafting um and it's really like it's a pretty simple loop as far as that goes it's just kind of trying to it's almost like a sort of SimCity-esque, I guess, if you play something like that, where you're just building something up into something that you can be kind of proud of and happy with, um, but obviously without the like natural disasters, because everything is very happy and friendly in the world of Animal Crossing. It's like, you know, you can whenever you interact with characters, you never get any kind of... There's never a negative option. Like, there's never a, like, no-you-suck kind of button. It's always just, like, somebody comes up to you to tell you, like, how how great your tent looks or something you know and it's it's so it's, it's really kind of soothing of just like you know everybody's nice to each other and you know that that, that can be a good thing sometimes oh there you go so uh, so there you go folks animal crossing out now for, for those of you who really wanted to know about that or care to hear some thoughts i mean heck we might as well say it, andy if people listening to this are actually playing animal crossing feel free to, to let us know like let us know what you think or if you because there's some kind of multiplayer function to this isn't there uh, yeah, so yeah, you can basically you can let other people visit your island, or you can v- open uh, and you can kind of you know open the gates effectively and choose when other people can visit. Oh God! Or um, <laughs> or, or, or you can visit other people's islands. So uh, so yeah, like if you've got people who are you know friends on your Switch, then you know you can you can invite them in, or, or you know they can invite you, and, and vice versa. Which I've not actually I've not actually really properly done yet. I've not kind of explored anybody else's island. Um, so uh, that's uh, that's something on my to do list. <laughs> That's for after we're done with the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- ex- exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm already kind of like thinking. Uh, I've already got like the mental checklist in my head of things I need to do uh, when when I'm done with work for the day. Because uh, like, effectively, when when you kind of collect like insects and fish and things. It all builds into this museum of all the kind of species that you've collected, and so I'm waiting for my museum to be upgraded so that I can I can turn in some more specimens, um, and and that's very important. And the the owl man that, that runs the museum is is very excited, so so I'm also excited. The owl man, I'm not even going to ask. We'll save that for another day. <laughs> but but um, so yes, it's on to uh, actual proceedings, I suppose, folks. Welcome to the All the Anime podcast, or I suppose All the Animals Crossing. An anime podcast at this point. Yeah, maybe, maybe that should be our spin-off. All, all, all the animals. <laughs> there, there you go. We're just going to talk about a different animal each time. Yeah, why, why not? Sounds like fun. Yeah, sure. So, folks, welcome to the All the Anime podcast. As mentioned, I'm Jeremy. That's Andy. We are here to talk about anime because we are from All the Anime slash Anime Limited, the UK distributor of Japanese animation and cinemas, DVD and Blu-ray, digital, uh, music and other bits and bobs going on. So thank you very much for tuning in. A big shout out, first of all, to everyone who took part, as it were, in our virtual Comic Con this weekend. Very, very grateful for everyone submitting 
using their cosplay photos and their, and their artistry, as it were. Andy, it sounds like people had a great time getting prepared for that and actually being able to do something this past weekend when there were meant to be some events going on. Yeah, yeah, it was really fantastic to see the the amount of uh, of kind of entries we got to our, our virtual cosplay masquerade and our artist alley. Like you know, I was kind of handling that over the weekend, and uh, yeah, like I actually, well, I'm, I mean, I was a little bit annoyed that I had to put down Animal Crossing, obviously, um, but uh, but no, like it was generally like we we got some really cool stuff, got some fantastic cosplay, um, and some some really amazing pieces of, of artwork that that people submitted as well, um, and so yeah, it was. It was really nice to see, you know, that it's, uh, as we kind of mentioned on Friday's show, you know, it's all, all the kind of stuff that, that, you know, we were hoping to, to be able to see at MCM Birmingham this weekend. Obviously, you know, that couldn't happen. So, uh, you know, it was, it was, it did, it did something to make up for the, the shortfall of, of not having a, a Comic Con to, to be able to, to see all of that stuff. And, uh, yeah, like hopefully some of you got some, some decent uh, deals with our discount code on the shop as well, because that seemed to, to get in quite nicely as well. Indeed. And in tandem with that, Andy, we mentioned that we would be launching a couple of products on Friday later in the day because we recorded the podcast in the morning for some context. So we may as well talk about what those products were. That is that on 13th of April, the series Anonymous Noise is coming to Blu-ray, as well as the film documentary Neverending Man Hayao Miyazaki, which is being released as a Blu-ray DVD combi. Both of those are going to be arriving on 13th of April, and we got some great reaction to both of those products. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, Anonymous Noise is one that's kind of, let's be honest, it's been on, on our kind of backlog list to release for a while, so it's nice that we're, we're finally getting to that. And, uh, yeah, like I know some people have been uh, been really waiting quite excitedly for that, and uh, obviously you can finally get your hands on it now. And obviously, like, Neverending Man's quite a unique one for us. Like, we've not released a documentary before, so uh, this, is a, this is a first. And, uh, like, obviously, you know, Miyazaki and Ghibli are... Are, are fascinating in their own right and uh, you know they are uh, a, a very important part of, of anime history and the industry etc etc and Neverending Man is, is a really interesting kind of chronicle of a, of a, a new chapter in Hayao Miyazaki's career so uh, yeah like that's definitely it seems like a lot of people are really interested in that which is uh, is cool to see and like you said it, it is something different from us we haven't released the only way to put it is we haven't released a documentary before that's just a very easy way to put it and the fact it's about Hayao Miyazaki one of the most legendary figures in all of animation let alone anime it it is a very unique opportunity that we get to do to actually bring that to the United Kingdom and another interesting part about it Andy is that there are actually two versions of the documentary that will be on our release there's the quote-unquote full-length version which is in Japanese with subtitles but then there is also a a television broadcast condensed version that's actually got English narration on it so there is literally a way for everyone to be able to experience this Yes, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's one of the nice things that, like, you know, NHK, who are the, the Japanese TV channel that commissioned this, like, it's one of the nice things is because they have their NHK World Channel. A lot of these kind of things, you know, they do do tool them up properly for you know the English market and do versions with English narration, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, like, who who thought we might be having the the sub v dub argument for a documentary? But but here we are. Like, you know, no no, no matter your poison, it's uh, it's uh, it's right there for you. Indeed, and another product to make mention of as well that will be arriving on the 20th of April is a standard edition Blu-ray of Gundam The Origin 5 and 6. You can pre-order all three of those products right now from our alltheanime.com online shop, and obviously other retailers will follow in due course. 
In terms of what is going to be coming out imminently, next week, that being 30th of March, we will be releasing Tokyo Ghoul RE Part 2. That will be on Blu-ray Limited Collector's Edition and as a standard DVD. It's worth actually making a note about that, that some retailers will be listing that as 6th of April for the release date. I'm sure you can agree, Andy. The easiest way to sum it up is, given a lot of things going on, it's basically just being able to get the stock to the retailers at this point. Yep, yep, absolutely, yeah, like if, if you've ordered from our, ourselves, or if you do, or planning to order from ourselves, like, you know, the, the stock is there, ready to go, um, but yeah, we just needed to allow a little a little extra wriggle room and a little extra time for, for stock to get to the, the Amazons, etc. of this world. Indeed, and in the nicest way to put it, there are other priorities at bay as well, at this point, so hopefully Indeed. by around that time, things may have evened out a tad. Uh, also on 30th of March will be a standard edition Blu-ray of Jinro, The Wolf Brigade. You guys may recall that we released a collector's edition Blu-ray DVD set and standard DVD back in... It was around October last year at this point, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and that collector's edition got snapped up really blooming quickly, and we are now able to release a standard edition Blu-ray. So if you missed out on the collector's edition but want that film on Blu-ray, the standard edition is your hookup, and, and both of those... Products can be ordered right now from our alltheanime.com online shop. And let's not forget, when it comes to Tokyo Ghoul RE, we've still got some units of it available, I believe, to order, Andy. Correct me if I'm wrong. But for Tokyo Ghoul RE Part 2, the Blu-ray Collector's Edition, there is an All The Anime exclusive slipcase that you'll be able to store both Part 1 and 2 with when you order Part 2. Yep, yep. We mentioned on Friday about the the sexy box if you want all of Tokyo Ghoul Ori in one place. And uh, yes, yeah, we do still have that available. So uh, yeah, you, that is uh, available on our online store right now. Is that the official name for it now? Just anytime we have like a bonus item, like sexy sexy box or yeah, yeah, bonus, bonus sexy box, <laughs> bonus sexy box. Oh god. Also, folks, if you kind of want to plan a little bit ahead when it comes to future releases. Other titles you can pre-order from our online shop right now. Ajin Season 2, Welcome to the Ballroom Part 2, Gundam Wing Endless Waltz, and also a couple of products that are exclusive to both our online shop and Zavi.com, that being the Testament of Sister New Devil Season 1 and 2 Limited Edition set, and the Eureka 7 Blu-ray Complete Series Collection. All of those products available to pre-order right now from our AllTheAnime.com online shop. So Andy, well, aside from Animal Crossing obviously being involved in our virtual comic con and such, anything else you've particularly indulged in over the weekend or took in or had the opportunity to see, read, listen? Um, yeah, yeah, I've been been doing a bunch of stuff. Obviously we're, we're coming towards the end of the, the winter anime season, so there have been a, a few series that have been kind of wrapping up over the weekend. Um, I mean, I mentioned It Invaded on Friday, like that had a really good strong uh, finale uh, last night which was, was really cool to see. Um, so, again, Jeremy, you need to catch up on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to put it on the record on this podcast. Um, also, um, last night, and, and it was almost, almost sadder news, because last night was the final episode of uh, Keep Your Hands Off Isaac N, which I think has been a lot of people's kind of pure favourite series of, of the winter season. Uh, that's been a really fantastic series from beginning to end. And it's definitely, sometimes, you know, a show ends and you're just like, that was a good ending, I'm satisfied, I'm done, I've had, an, I've, I've, I've had my fill of this series. But, like, 
the the final episode of Isaac just ends with this really long kind of like panning out shot from this kind of like anime club that it follows out into the wider world and it just made me feel really sad because it's like I want to see more of these characters I want to see them you know producing more things and doing more stuff and having more dilemmas and uh, so it's definitely one of those ones of like oh is that it I, I want more of this is there any scope for there to be another season of it or is it pretty much a one and done um, I'm not sure because I mean it, it's a manga adaptation and I'm not sure like how much source material they burn through and, and like how much is left I mean it's definitely you know it's a very open ended series where they could certainly keep you, you could certainly make more of it but yeah I don't know if they've got the material to work with to actually uh, to actually kind of follow through on that but uh, hey even, even if they don't like what is there is, is absolutely fantastic and it is, a, is, a, is a, it is a thing of beauty so uh, you know I'm, I'm glad that it exists and this is the Masaki Yuasa show, correct? Yes, it is indeed. Yeah, like it is uh, for people who haven't followed. It is uh, the story of, of three characters who are kind of like uh, high school girls who basically band together and, and form a kind of anime club of sorts. Um, like the, the main character, the main character is basically like off-brand like young Haya Miyazaki um, and uh, she, she's basically I mean literally you can you can kind of implant uh, Miyazaki um, Toshio Suzuki and uh, the other guy whose name I always forget like onto the three characters um, but yeah and it's just their kind of like adventures in like forming this anime club and working on these different projects and so you know you've got one character who is just kind of superb like hardcore like animation nerd basically who just like wants to create like the the best kind of animation possible you've got one character who's kind of the creative force who has all the, the like big grandiose ideas and then you have the other character who is just like obsessed with the, the money and the financial aspects of it and kind of like you know the project management effectively and so like it's a really good kind of look at how anime production works but it's also just a really good kind of I think if you're even interested in kind of business in general, like it has a really good worldview of kind of, you know, of, of projects and, you know, like crisis management and time management and all this stuff. But it's all just done in this really entertaining and very kind of uh, imaginative way. And uh, it, like it's it's a perfect Masaki Yuasa series because like, you know, his sort of eye for... for kind of doing things a little bit outside of the norm just really fit well with kind of the aesthetic of the show and yeah like it's just it's, it's just brilliant it's on Crunchyroll and you should absolutely kind of check it out if it sounds even vaguely interesting to you oh there you go I, I, I definitely want to give it a watch because I've heard not only you talk about it quite a lot but just seen a lot of people talking about it so it is one I do want to watch at some point which hopefully with the way things currently are I might have more of a chance to watch it than maybe I normally would in terms of me to switch over, uh, actually, you know what? I'll say this one first of all. Sort of staying on the Crunchyroll train, as it were, I am getting back into One Piece. Now, when it came to One Piece, I, I've, I've watched a hell of a lot of it. Then there came a point where I switched over to the manga, partly because I had to switch over to the manga. So I have been subscribed to Weekly Shonen Jump for a blooming long time now. And the way I tended to read it was I would have like a giant backlog of chapters then I would just gradually binge read through all of them until I was sort of up to date or where it felt like a natural point that I could stop for a while and then have a break, then pick up where I left off. So I did that again over the weekend and I've now got to the point where I am now neck and neck with where the current arc of One Piece begins. 
which is going to the land of, Wa- of Wano. Wano? I, I think it meant to pronounce it as Wano. Uh, I won't give any spoilers and such for anyone who is still catching up or perhaps checking out for the first time, but I did want to make mention of the current location that they're going to. It's something that I really wanted to see One Piece do, and they've now sort of gone to an island area, Andy, where it, it feels like it's kind of like Edo-style Japan, but in the world of One Piece, and it's freaking great. Hmm, interesting. So the entire sort of aesthetic of the show changes. The art style sort of has a big change. It's got a lot more sort of the um, what's that? What's the painting style? It's gone. Is it like Ikkyo? I think. Um, uh, you know the word I mean. I just can't yes, think of what it is. Yeah, I, I know the one. But yeah, sort of the very traditional style, sort of Japanese paintings in a way. It's got that feel about it. Everyone is wearing traditional sort of kimonos and whatnot. Samurais are involved. It's. It's a really, really, really nice, in a positive way, departure from the norm because it feels so brand new in the world of One Piece. And there have been there have been a couple of characters who have alluded to the fact, oh, you know, we're from the land of Wano, and you know they've dressed rather uniquely and stuff. But they've you sort of had the impression, oh, it'd be cool if they go there at some point, and the story has naturally led to that point. But now that you're actually there and the way you get to that particular location, it's just a wonderful change from the norm and just everything about the aesthetic I am loving. So I uh, I get a feeling I'm very firmly back on the One Piece train. I think I'm about, at this point, it must be like 20 or 30 episodes behind from where it currently is broadcasting. I'm only like a couple of episodes into this new Wano arc. But I'm not that far away from being up to date on One Piece, which I didn't think was going to happen again anytime soon. But I'm nearly there, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that is quite impressive. I, I do remember like when that kind of arc came about, and everyone was kind of losing their mind over like the change in art style, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, that's cool. It is it is interesting from the perspective that you know, One Piece. But I've always enjoyed indulging in One Piece. I love the world. I love the universe. Love the characters. Love everything about it. But there does come a point when you sort of wonder what 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 other direction can they go in to keep it fresh? Because what was it? Um, what was the? It was Demon Slayer, wasn't it? That was doing really freaking well in Japan. So much so it was kind of neck and neck with One Piece in terms of sales, right? Yes, yeah. I think Demon Slayer actually kind of overtook One Piece at least for for one point in time in terms of uh, like manga sales. So. Yeah. So you sort of wondered how could how could they shake it up a little bit to get people back into it? And if this is the way that's done it, it is freaking fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where this is going because they gradually just sort of keep throwing in little things into One Piece. It's like, oh, you know, we'll have like a random moment where we'll make mention of this thing that you should probably remember at some point in time. And then randomly, like a hundred chapters later, you'll suddenly have the payoff for it. And you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> and, uh, and that's the way it works. But yeah, this is, a, this is a really, really nice departure from the norm. And it's also sort of reuniting a lot of things as well. It's different characters you may not have seen in a while. So again, it's just, it's a really fresh feeling arc and I'm really looking forward to watching more of it. Cool. And yeah, we should probably mention the fact that for those who don't know, One Piece can now be streamed. Well, a very decent, a big portion of it can be streamed on Crunchyroll to subscribers in the UK now. There was a lot of time where licensing restrictions meant that they couldn't. But the current arc for the Land of Wano is one of those arcs. And I think a decent amount of the, like, the, the start of it is available to stream as well. I can't, I literally can't remember at this point because I haven't actually looked, to be quite frank. But I know that a lot of the earlier stuff is available to stream as well. So if you're looking for something to dive into at this point in time and you've not checked it out before, now might be a decent time to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really... Uh 
I, I'd almost already forgotten that, that that had happened, but yeah, it's kind of a really big win that, you know, One Piece is now streaming to the UK, at least in part, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be able to, to fill in the gaps as time goes on and uh, make sure it's all all available to people. Indeed, but and if you're not able to, to stream stuff via Crunchyroll and such, maybe, you know, for example, your internet is not particularly great or something, don't forget that you can read the manga. There are a there's literally probably a ceiling's worth of manga available at this point for you to buy. Uh, there's also the DVDs from Manga Entertainment as well. They've been releasing the series, and I think they're about to start continuing from where they last left off as well. As well as in the UK, we actually got the, a bunch of the One Piece movies released over here that have never been released in other territories in English, including the Mamoru Hosoda film. So, you know, if you want to check out some One Piece, you've got a lot available for you on physical media as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Anything else you've been indulging in, Andy? Or anything to note that you perhaps sampled? Uh, be it I mean, be, be, be an anime thing. or not yeah I mean one other quick thing I, I will mention is uh, for, for a, a and other podcasts that uh, that I'm taking that I take part in um, I've been checking out a bunch of stuff on uh, on the Manga Plus app which um, is kind of it's kind of like the little brother of, of the Shonen Jump app um, in that it has a whole bunch of, of Shonen Jump and Offshoot magazine uh, series running in it um, I had no idea this existed. I've never heard of this before. Yeah, like this is the weird thing because like the the weekly Shonen Jump app is obviously the one that gets a, a lot of uh, a lot of publicity and, and a lot of chatter around it. But uh, yeah, if you check out the, the Manga Plus app, it is entirely free, um, and a lot of the series within it, you know, are available in full. Like some of them, it gives you the first few chapters and, and the latest few, in attempt to kind of you know push you elsewhere or buying the volumes or whatever it is. Um, but like you know it's entirely free and there's some really good series on there and uh, over the weekend I, I started reading a series called Summertime Rendering which is definitely like it's one of those series where I got to read like a bunch of chapters of, um, of it on Sunday and I'm kind of desperate to go back and read more because uh, it's a series that starts out as a really basic kind of like oh here's this this guy is like returning to the um to the island he was brought up on um, because he's got to go to a funeral for like a, a childhood friend of his who who drowned um, and you know obviously it's kind of you know a, a solemn sad moment and uh, so on and so forth but then weird stuff starts happening and people start talking about this strange kind of rumor of this it's kind of like urban myth of this thing called shadow sickness that sometimes people on this island see like their doppelganger that they see another version of themselves and then they die or disappear shortly afterwards um and then these kind of doppelgangers start to to crop up and like kind of in and around the main character kind of you know just uh, hanging out on this island around this funeral um and a lot happens just in the first chapter of this uh, of this series like it's a kind of like 70 page opening chapter and and there is a lot to it um but it's really really fascinating and kind of gripping kind of like supernatural murder mystery thriller i guess i'd call it at this point although it kind of keeps changing gears and kind of adding things in but it has a lot of really cool elements all of which kind of individually are maybe things you've seen in other anime or manga series but it just kind of blends them all together really well like it has a really nice art style really good character designs and it's one of those things that i just kind of picked up on a whim of like ah, i know the like cover art for this looks vaguely interesting and and, you know, it sounds like there are there are one or two little interesting bits in the plot synopsis. But once I got into it, it's like, oh boy, like I, I really want to kind of burn through the rest of this as quickly as possible because this is pretty great. So how can <clears throat> excuse me? How can people find summertime rendering or let alone actually how can they find the Manga Plus app is actually what I was gonna ask. 
Um, yeah, so if you basically just search for like the Manga Plus app, I think it's on Android and iOS. I'm trying to remember. I think it's all like it's Manga and Plus as words rather than Plus as a right, symbol. Right. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you find that app, like you know, you don't need an account or a sign in or anything. If I recall, like it's literally it's entirely free. And if you if you download that, it's like it's created by Shueisha, who are like the publishers of, of Viz Media. So you'll you'll see them as kind of the uh, the, the company behind the app. And uh, yeah, like it's not it's not the greatest app interface in the world. But like when you're getting so much good stuff for free, and like you know they've got stuff like Assassination Classroom and Death Note and Demon Slayer on there. So you know they've got some of the the big hitters as well as a lot of the the kind of more obscure sort of you know shonen jump and shonen jump offshoot magazine um series all being officially you know translated and new chapters released as they come out and uh yeah like it's it's definitely an app that's you know flown under a lot of people's radars but uh but it absolutely deserves to to be checked out because there's some some really good stuff in there you just mentioned Death Note. I've just thought I've not read that in years I, I, I might actually be up for a reread of that because I've not read that in a very long time yeah, I need to. I keep meaning to read. Uh, to read. Um, I don't know if people are aware, but they they brought out like a, a brand new chapter of it recently. Oh, it was like a, a one shot um, chapter, right? Yeah, yeah. It was just uh, yeah. It was basically kind of like you know revisiting kind of the world of Death Note in sort of you know modern times, you know, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I keep meaning to read that because I think that is on the Shonen Jump app, if I recall. I'm not sure if it's on Manga Plus as well. Um, but yeah, like I've uh, I feel like it wasn't that long ago that I reread all of Death Note. Um, but it's it's always a always a good time. But yeah, I, I need to reread that. To, to read that bonus chapter at some point. One of the my experience with Death Note is very different to a lot of people because I started reading the manga before the anime came out, and when the anime came out, I just I couldn't get into it. I don't know what it was, but it just it didn't click with me. So at the point where the anime started, I think it got to the point where I won't spoil it for anyone who's not read it, but something significant happens about six or seven volumes into the manga I'll say uh, it's pretty obvious if you know if you've read it you'll know exactly what I'm talking about something significant like a seismic sh- change happens and at that point for whatever reason it was the time when the anime was coming out and I ended up just putting it down for a while just completely unintentionally I don't know why and then I came back and it almost felt like I had had like a giant like year away from it or a time skip so I wasn't just reading straight into it and I remember a lot of people like weren't as hot on it after that thing that I've referenced happening, but I loved it probably just as much because I'd had a gap away from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I never, I, I was never as kind of. Uh anti that big moment as a lot of people like I, I can totally I totally get it because it, it is kind of a, a change in in tone and a kind of a change in focus in, in you know that's a, a real big risk for a series that was was going so well but yeah I, I always enjoyed that series right the way through like I, I never really had too much of a problem with uh, with that big shift and uh, yeah like you know it's a it's a good old uh, good old classic I, I keep meaning to read the author's uh, like like current work like Platinum End because I know that's getting an anime adaptation soon but uh, never seems to quite get around to it mm. in fact actually you know what I might do given I've not actually tried to watch it for years I might even just try and give the anime a watch at some point of Death Note yeah yeah I mean I, I picked up the uh, the Blu-ray release when it came out here in the UK and you know I, it's probably one of my many kind of unopened anime releases that's just like oh yeah well I, I need this because I'm sure I'll watch it at some point but uh, I, I haven't actually yet I don't think yeah, we're, we've all got one of those piles of anime with a bunch of stuff on it that's never been opened <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please, please write in with your list of how big your pile of like unopened anime releases is to make us feel better about ourselves. <laughs> 
uh, so anything else? I mean, honestly, on the, the sort of manga and anime front, I've not actually checked out a lot this weekend. But one of the things I did start, Andy, ahead of our, our podcast on Friday, where we're going to be talking about the first few episodes of Card Captor Sakura, is I did watch the first episode in all four. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've, I've not, I've not started my uh, my embarkation on that yet, so I need to, I need to get onto that. Yeah, I just watched the first episode, kind of just like a, you know, sort of okay, let's just see what this is about, kind of thing. I'll probably end up rewatching it when I watch the other episodes as well. I just sort of wanted to get a feel for it. The the, the the first thing that comes to mind for me is I didn't realize how nice the animation looked in the show, just because I've never watched it before, so or read it, so I just don't really know. But, but the way it comes across, there are some stunning moments in this, in just the first episode alone. Yeah, yeah, I'm quite excited to, to kind of watch it for, for that reason, because, yeah, it kind of is... It, it was created at just the right time before everybody sort of went digipane, and, you know, it's... Uh, I, I've always assumed, you know, from what I have seen of it, that it's going to have some some really good production values, because, like, the, the manga is, is really great-looking as well, so, like, if, if it does that justice, then, you know, that's that's definitely a good thing. Hmm. And uh, funny enough, actually, this is probably a, a pretty good segue, but uh, we are going to go on to some Twitter questions, because we asked you guys on Twitter specifically on this particular one for some questions ahead of today the way I'm going to do it going forward everybody when it comes to questions is I'll probably post the day before we're going to record hey if you've got any questions feel free to post them and then from there you know we'll we'll combine questions as it were and cherry pick some and such but for this particular occasion I just chose Twitter and one of the questions I did actually see come up following on from our last podcast was is there any way to watch it subtitled on all four? And it's actually just dub only on all four. I'm not sure if we actually made mention of that last uh, last Friday, but it is dub only. But honestly, the dub actually isn't that bad. I was quite happy with it. Yeah, yeah, I seem to recall it. It's kind of one of the the, the, the better-loved dubs out there. So, uh, yeah, like it's... Uh, as mentioned, yeah, we, we did... That wasn't oversight on, my, on our part. We didn't mention that that, that uh, presentation is uh, dub only. But, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. So yeah, so I checked that out, and I, I'm I can kind of already see the direction the show is going to go in. Like it's pretty obvious from like once you get to the end of the first episode where, where it's going to go. But I am looking forward to it. That some of the characters they introduced were good fun. So uh, yeah, and also Andy, I've got a curveball for you come Friday. So all I'm going to say is make sure you're paying attention to the episodes a bit closely. I'm not going to tell you what oh, this curveball okay. is, but I'm just telling you now. Just make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm duly forewarned. There you go. And the other thing I will say as well, everybody, is that one of our colleagues. Uh, uh, all the anime anime limited has already said they want to be involved when we discuss card captor sakura i'm not going to tell you who it is but it's probably not who you would suspect if you're if you've been listening to past episodes of the podcast <laughs> there you go Te- teasing people with all sorts yeah i know hopefully that doesn't fall through now otherwise i've just come across as a great big heel but there you go <laughs> but yeah so let's move on to the world of some twitter questions in no particular order i'm just going to go through these but let's see what we get uh Oh, this is going right back, Andy. What was the first anime you guys watched? That is from Loris on Twitter. Um, the, I, I mean, I guess the, the, there's a weird technicality here in terms of like what you call anime, because I mean, there were probably a bunch of things that I watched, like cartoons as a kid, that I didn't think of as anime at the time, but it turns out that they were. Mm. Like, I could say Transformers, because the first few seasons of that were, were animated by Toei, so, you know, they're animated in Japan. Mm. Um, but technically, in terms of stuff where I was like, oh, I am watching an anime, like, the first thing I watched was uh, Ghost in the Shell, um, which kind of came off the back of 
Uh, when The Matrix came out and everybody started getting real hot on that, um, a friend of mine who I was working with at the time just kept going on and on at me about Ghost in the Shell and how I needed to watch it and how The Matrix had like ripped off a bunch of it as kind of like ideas and aesthetics. And, and eventually... I, uh, it wasn't really kind of like getting through to me so he basically just like threw the DVD at me one day and was like right you're, I'm not taking this back off of you until you've watched this and so uh, I, I duly went home watched Ghost in the Shell and uh, here I am I guess like that was the start of, of, of a, a long road to uh, to me sitting here right now <laughs> So yeah, the first anime I I actually watched it, it's different from how I first discovered anime. That's a that's a story which some people have heard, and I'll tell for another time. But the first one I actually definitely watched, I believe, was, okay. I'll do let's do a random setup for this because why not? So m- my mother sort of yeah had friends from school and such, and sort of we went over to someone's house because they lived a bit of a way away, and inevitably you know when it's too when it's too like only children you basically hang out together like in the bedroom and you're like playing games and stuff and he randomly said oh do you want to watch something different so go on then and put in a videotape and it was act nine of new dominion tank police (laughs) and i have no idea why he put on act nine specifically and i had no idea what was going on but i was completely captivated by this so New Dominion Tank Police is one of the first anime I watch, which is why I am constantly hounding our boss, Andrew Partridge, in the office. If there's ever an opportunity to release Dominion Tank Police and or New Dominion Tank Police on Blu-ray or anything, home media-wise, can we please do it? <laughs> it's one of the shows. But yeah, I just I just remember, because it's um, main character Leona, if I remember correctly. I might have to dig out my tapes or something of New Dominion. It, next time I get to visit my parents, I might try and find them or something. I'm really in the mood to watch it now. But yeah, like I remember, is it Leona, the main character, and Bonaparte was the name of, of the tank? Like it was just, it, it was all out action in episode nine as well, in, in Act Nine, because uh, it's so it's building to the crescendo of the series. I think Act Ten was the final one of New Dominion, and I just remember there being a load of action involved and just the different characters. It just it caught me. And then I think after that, I went out to... Probably went in Woolworths at the time, and I, I got my mum to buy me the Street Fighter 2 animated movie because I was massively into Street Fighter 2 as a game as well. Uh-huh. So that, And then I then realised that was also anime. So they were kind of the first two I actually ever watched when I look back in hindsight. And then I think I ended up starting collecting New Dominion as well. I think the first one I actually owned was Act 8 because I went into HMV. That was a time when you could walk into HMV and there would just be a giant shelf full of tapes really showing my age now but yeah I just remember it was Act 8 specifically that I bought and I didn't really understand everything that was going on in it but partly due to the story partly just because I was I was young and didn't really get it but the reason I had Act 8 is because I think it was the one that I could buy because it was only rated a PG <laughs> so you know back in the days when you you know perhaps a bit too young to watch stuff I, I bought it because it was rated PG and I couldn't get the other ones so, uh, so yeah. So the New Dominion Tank Police was a was probably the first anime I watched. But like I say, the way I discovered anime was like in in school and such from like local Japanese kids and stuff who were in the, the community and whatnot. And so that's a different story for another day. But yeah, so New Dominion Tank Police was more than likely the first anime that I watched. There you go. And while I'm on this, Bossman Andrew, if you're listening to this, can we please get New Dominion Tank Police and Dominion Tank Police, <laughs> please? <laughs> Because that was the other thing about Dominion Tank Police as well is New Dominion was a much different format to Dominion because I, I kind of watched this thing in 
ultimately like in reverse order in a weird way is <laughs> the way I sort of ended up indulging in it so new, the New Dominion OVAs were each like like an average length of an episode like 25 minutes or so but new, but original Dominion Tank Police they were like 40 minute or so maybe 50 minute OVAs if I recall so they were much much longer and a lot more adult orientated like in terms of subject matter in terms of presentation just felt a lot more not rough around the edges, not the way to describe it, but it had a, it didn't feel as as new. It's, it's the only way I can put it, because <laughs> new Dominion tank plays. But <laughs> it's very difficult to describe, but Dominion felt very different, and it's something that took me a while to adjust to because the character designs were also quite different. So it, yeah. it, was, it was my first exposure to realising how things could change between different incarnations of a show as well. So it's, it's very interesting how new Dominion and Dominion tank plays in general has, has shaped me. Hmm. Cool. There you go. Speaking of old school releases, Andy. <laughs> uh, now, I, do you know what? we should actually put a little caveat on a lot of this as well, Andy. In that, a, a lot of the questions that we have received by the look of it are asking about upcoming releases and such. Uh, obviously, with the way things currently are, we're going to answer this as though it's a best case scenario because things could change. Not trying to put a negative spin on this, but what we are going to be talking about is very much on the idea that you know things will still be flowing out the, through the pipeline of things in a good way. But who knows that some of this stuff could change tomorrow for all we know. Yeah, absolutely, yes. This is an, an ever-shifting world as things currently are, even more so than usual in the, the world of, uh, of physical products. So, are we still planning to release Cyber City Oedo 808? If so, any cool plans for a collector's edition? Asks Shoot the Rookie, which is Pix1001 on Twitter. So, when it comes to Cyber City Oedo, the easy way to describe this is it is taking a heck of a lot longer to get this release together than we initially anticipated, partly because of the materials involved and the remastering of the video assets that is also involved. It's a very timely process, so we know that we've not really made any proper announcements about the status of this. It's simply because it's still being worked on, and the next time we actually really want to talk about it is when there is actual definitive news about it. So it's very much, yeah. very much still in the works, but until there's actually anything concrete we can say about it, we're, we're keeping it on the down low. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of complexities to that project, you know, in terms of kind of, you know, audio tracks, in terms of remastering the video, as mentioned, etc., etc. So, yeah, it's a... It's going to be a long process, but yeah, like, please rest assured, it's still something that, you know, it's still coming, it's still in the pipeline, it's still kind of progressing, just, you know, albeit kind of slowly because of those complexities. So, uh, yeah, like, you know, we'll share more on that when we can, but uh, yeah, like, you know, the the silence doesn't mean that we've forgotten about it or that we're not doing it anymore, it's just, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff to churn through in, in the background on that one. Next question, I think it's from Phoenix Born or Baron because it's got some weird font on it. So sorry if I can't read that properly. My bad. But uh, <laughs> sorry, the, the, the end of this question has just amused me slightly. But uh, what can you tell us about the Inuyasha and Card Captor Shakira releases? <laughs> Card Captor Shakira, that was an alternate soundtrack. <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah, so I mean, they're both kind of in planning. I mean, Card Captor Sakura is 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 actually a, a project that that I am managing now. Um, so you know, we're currently in the process of kind of getting all of the materials that that we need together for for that one because you know it's uh, Card Captor Sakura is a big beloved series for a lot of people, and so you know we want to to see see what we can do in terms of making that the, the best it can possibly be. Um, so yeah, that's that's certainly very much in progress. Um, but yeah, we're, we're kind of trying to formulate our plans and, and put stuff together and seeing what we can do with that one. So again, you know, it's it's certainly it's certainly coming down the the pipe, but uh, still a, a little ways off being able to talk about exactly what we're going to be doing with it. And as for Inuyasha, no updates specifically, but it is something that is in progress. Yep, yep. Likewise, yeah. That's one of, of kind of case of, of you know seeing what we can what we can do and and when etc etc. So uh, yeah, also uh, also very much on the cards. Hope, hopefully later in the year, I'd, I'd think for that. But uh, we will we will see how that goes. We've got a Gundam based question here, Andy. So be on the lookout. <laughs> from oh, sorry, excuse me, from Tamaki Joker E Seven. Any chance of releasing G Gundam, Build Fighters, Turn A, and Gundam X on Blu-ray this year? I mean, I think it's probably fair to say not this year. I mean, obviously, you know, we're continuing to to churn out Gundam, you know, when, whenever we can and as quickly as we can. And, you know, as everybody will have seen last year, we've really kind of ramped up our efforts in terms of, of getting Gundam titles out the door. Uh, we kind of have vague plans in terms of, you know, what, what we're looking to do for, for 2020. And, and, you know, we're starting to, 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 to bolt those together. You know, you will already have seen our announcement of 0083. Um, and we've certainly got, got more coming, um, plenty more coming beyond that. Um, those titles, though... Possibly not yet. I mean, obviously, we're we're very aware of, of Turn A Gundam in particular as something that was you know announced in the past as a, what was then going to be a DVD release, and you know clearly that that was sort of complicated by the availability of a Blu-ray release, so on and so forth. So so that's very much kind of on our minds. Um, I think we've mentioned plenty of times here before in this podcast. We have some big fans of G Gundam in the office, so you know they're they're always cheerleading for that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, stay tuned. There, there, there is always more Gundam stuff on the way. I think it's fair to say. Um, but for those specific titles, probably wouldn't necessarily expect them to be twenty twenty if we get around to them. Next up from Chelsea Lister, what anime are you most proud to have released and why? Ooh, that's a tricky. One. Mm, I suppose from a personal, let's do this from a personal point of view, Andy, because obviously we both work for the company. So, in terms of, like, kind of the, the inner fan in us, I suppose, what's one where we're like, yes, we actually got to release this? Or maybe if we were personally involved in it in some way in the production of it, you know, is there something that stands out? Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably one for me personally is, like, season one of Sound Euphonium. Like, I'm a huge fan of that series, and that we got to do a, a kind of a, a nice, decently priced collector's edition for that is, is something that I'm, I'm very happy about, because I'm a big fan of that show. Um, but God, yeah, like it's it's a difficult question, not because there's so little, but because there's so much. Like you know, I think uh, pr- pretty much everything that we release is kind of like exciting in some shape or form. So it's it's hard to kind of to it, it's like asking somebody to pick their favourite child. It's like, well, you know, I love them all. Yeah, and there's obviously different different scales of releases as well that we have done. Like when you compare some of our ultimate editions, but then you look at some of our collector's editions and what's actually in them is mind-blowing sometimes. I mean, one that springs to mind is when you think about our release of Pigtails and other short stories from IG, in terms of something to be proud of, that is probably one of our most unique releases that we have. Because 
pretty much virtually no one else may touch it. Not because they don't want to, but because you know, let's let's call let's be blunt about this. There is you know there's a lot of money involved with every title that gets released by any company, and so to take a chance on a very unique project like that. It is a unique risk in some ways, but the content we were able to put in on our collector's edition, which is exclusive to our alltheanime.com online shop, there is some fascinating, unique stuff included in that, in the books, because there's the, there's a storyboard book in that one as well, isn't there? Uh, yes, yeah, I mean, that is a really nice uh, release. Like, I mean, as, as, as we've joked about occasion in the office, it's, it's part of our, our collection of, of titles that you can kill somebody with because it's so hefty, um, which, you know, don't don't try this at home, kids. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, it's... Uh, I, I do like, uh, you know... I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, storyboard books and, and stuff like that, and it's always cool when we get to do something like that. It's like, you know, our, our recent release of Penguin Highway is another great one in, in that... Uh, along those lines where you've, you've got a, a nice big storyboard book to kind of see the, the creative process behind it. And, and, of course, our Perfect Blue Ultimate Edition, which is also pretty awesome in that regard. Indeed. But one, for me personally, that I've been involved with, the first one that springs to mind is our... I suppose technically re-release of Durarara season one because when it was initially released it was before both Andy and I were with the company but there were some notable issues with the subtitles on the discs from how they had been authored from the company involved and lots of back and forth but we ended up doing a re-release of it which was something that I was championing very early into my time in the company and I was personally involved in all of the QC for that project. I think I watched... Let me think, see if I can remember, because it was dub and sub. So we had to, like... when it came, And there's a lot of on-screen text and multiple dialogue streams going on, on in Durarara in general. So it was a very complex piece of QC to do, to say the least. But I had to watch all 26 episodes, dub and sub, for DVD and Blu-ray in a week and a half, I want to say. So I think I watched season one four times in a week and a half, Andy, if I remember correctly, to get yeah, that all in line. Yeah, Obviously, the, the, the dub is arguably, you could argue, a bit easier. In some ways, it's actually harder because you need to make sure you're paying attention to when something is appearing on the screen and, and whatnot. Yeah. And, so, and I think there was one case where I nearly actually missed an on-screen subtitle, but because it was one that you could blink and you miss it. But then I actually managed to catch it and I managed to get that fixed and whatnot. That's one I remember where it's like, oh, if I'd have let that got by, I would have been really annoyed. But, <laughs> but, but in terms of yeah. proud, in terms of the amount of work I was able to put in and how comprehensive an English language release of season one it is, it's something I'm very proud of. Yeah, yeah. It's, I think that's, you know, it's always nice when, you know, something that you've worked hard on comes to fruition. So uh, it's always always a good uh, a good feeling. And also it's a show I love as well, just in general. Like, it's that also helps as well when it's something you're very passionate about. Actually, you know what? Another one is um, the, uh, the Escaflone release that we did. Yeah. Just yeah, because of how comprehensive cool. it was. Like, in terms of, like, from a company point of view, I was very proud of that because we got to include those director's cut episodes as well as the original episodes as well which was something that, that, well, the differences between like the first eight episodes or so, like how we were able to incorporate all of that in and everything that was included in our Ultimate Edition, the book, the soundtrack on CD as well, 
the movie, obviously, too. It, it is one of the most comprehensive Ultimate Editions we've done, but the... and. What was it? Um, the original English dub, the Japanese track, as well as the the, the new dub that Funimation had kickstarted. I think it was that, that same year or the year before. The fact we were able to literally have the most comprehensive release of Escaflone is something, from a company point of view, I'm very, very happy about. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it came out really well, so uh, absolutely... So next up, from Han M.A. Baxter, any cinema releases for later in the year? I mean, I think at the moment it's fair to say a lot of that stuff is kind of up in the air and, and in flux, so that's probably not something that we're, we're going to kind of commit to in, in any shape or form until we, we get a better look at the, the lie of the land and, uh, you know, what's... Uh, what, what we'll be able to do effectively so uh yeah that's very much a let's let's wait and see question from color star if there is one anime you could watch for the rest of your lives what would it be <laughs> <laughs> i mean i feel like we've already covered this with one piece because you could probably spend your entire life watching it and potentially still not get to the end of it <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm a sucker for like rewatching the Genesis Evangelion like uh, at least once a year. <laughs> Would you like want I that could... for the rest of your life, though? I mean, probably to be honest, <laughs> I could happily like that's definitely a series I feel like I get something different out of every time I watch it. So I would probably happily watch that multiple times over and over again. Uh, so that would probably be my pick for for better or for worse. Hmm. I'm just trying to think because there, like, I could go with like a long-running shonen show, maybe. I mean, like, I could say, okay, a couple of literally have just sprung to mind in my brain just when I was thinking about it. In a weird way, maybe excluding the Bounce arc, but I might say Bleach. Yeah, well, I mean, a, a good time for it because Bleach is coming back. Now. Oh, it actually is as well, isn't it? That was, that was totally unintentional. I said that, but some of those long-running shonen shows from like about a decade ago or so, like maybe like Naruto, for example, except for like you know the year and a half of filler, maybe. But um, but you know that some of those long-running shows. But another one that also springs to mind as well, which I could probably watch for the rest of my life, is Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. Yes, yeah, that's that is a good call. Like, I'd, I'd happily watch that any time. Got a good two seasons of that plus Solid State Society, so you know. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And and again, there's there's a, a new standalone complex coming soon. So <laughs> who knows? Maybe that will will add. Maybe that. these are what. Maybe this is why these have just jumped into my brain <laughs> because I'm, I'm aware yeah, that there's yeah, more of them coming. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, those are the first ones that come to mind at the moment. So uh, if I think of any more, I'll uh, I will certainly I shall certainly make it known. What else do we have here? From H94, any updates on the Blu-ray release of Revolutionary Girl Utena? Also, will the theatrical film Adolescence of Utena be released as well? Uh, yeah, so we, we can certainly confirm, yes, the, the film will be part of our uh, Utena releases. Um, beyond that, it's, it's certainly it's being, being worked on. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of uh, very much getting things together on, on that. So hopefully sooner rather than later, we'll be able to, to start talking about exactly what we're doing with that. You know, we've certainly we've certainly got, got some interesting plans uh, around some of that uh, that title so hopefully we'll be able to, to do some cool things with it so uh, so yeah very much again one of those titles that's uh, been kicking around in our backlog for a while but it, it is very much progressing now so uh, this year should be the year you know all, all other things being equal where we'll be, be able to, to kind of lift the lid on, on exactly what we're doing with that one yeah it's just the way it works out with I mean to be, to be honest there's a bunch of titles where it's just worked out it's taken far longer than originally intended to be able to get things out that there, can, there's, there can be a variety of reasons that, that could happen, but that is another case of that very much. 
Yeah, for sure. Oh man, we've got loads of questions here. <laughs> We're trying to get through these quickly, I suppose, buddy. So next up, from Lethal Joke. What's the strangest thing you've ever been asked about licensing a series? Hmm. Strangest thing you've um, ever been asked about licensing? I suppose, is that from the perspective of the strangest title we've been asked? Or maybe was there like a specific request regarding a license? Yeah, I mean, we certainly get some pretty obscure kind of requests to license things sometimes. I can't think of the specifics because that's how obscure they were. But, like, you know, I, I feel like I have a pretty good working knowledge of a lot of anime, but I've definitely had one or two queries come in where I've had to go scuttling off to, you know, my anime list or Wikipedia or whatever to be like, wait, what is that? And, uh, you know, even looking at it and reading the synopsis, like, I don't remember this at all. So we certainly we certainly get some pretty eclectic requests uh, along those lines. Um, uh, but beyond that, I can't think of anything particularly weird. Two that spring to mind. One's actually quite a recent one. When we announced that we'll be bringing Konosuba to Blu-ray later this year, someone did say, if it means we can get it quicker, can you just drop the OVA from it? Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, which which is, is, is not, for, for the record, is not how these things work. So, uh, so no. But uh, the other um, one that springs to mind is when we announced, first announced we were going to be bringing Nadesco to Blu-ray... I remember someone emailing our shop and asking any chance we can include the never-before-released-in-English English Sega Saturn game. Yeah, which, I mean, in, in a way, that's that's a, a fair question, given how, like, reliant the, the movie is on that game. So, you know, it's not, but perhaps not the craziest thing, although, yeah, like, the, the logistics of that are, are weird and all. Oh, totally, but it's, in terms of, like, strange... It's not really a, the strangest request. It's probably, like, the, the most ideal request scenario, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah, it's just like, I mean, obviously the answer is pretty no, because it'll probably never get released in English unless there's like a fan translation or something that was done back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, plus, you know, he's, he's still got a Sega Saturn kicking around at this point in time. I know people are going to write in there and be like, I do, but, you know. Did you ever have a Sega Saturn? No, no, I mean, I was never really kind of a console guy until we sort of got to, like, the Xbox 360 era, so uh, so no, I kind of missed out on a lot of the, the classic console generations, honestly. Because mm, I never had a Sega Saturn back in a day, but I did get one sort of years after the fact, partly because I heard that there was a Dragon Ball Z game released on it, so I had to then get one so I could import a copy of the game to then play it, because I was a bit <laughs> mad, I was mad like that back in the day. <laughs> the amount of games that I imported just so I could give them a try. Uh, did I ever... This might be a discussion for another day, given that we're sort of overrunning on time a bit here. But did I ever tell you about the the Japanese Transformers PS2 game, which was in, which you could either play entirely in Japanese or entirely in English? Oh yeah, I think I, I vaguely recall that. Yeah, I might have to try and dig that out. I think I've still got it somewhere. I might have to try and dig that out at some point. If we ever get streaming going, maybe that's one we should try and do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that might might have to be done. Yeah. So let's see if we can get these last questions. I say these last questions done quickly. It's never going to happen. But here we go. From Joker Ventura, any updates on Kyoto Animation releases, Harahi, Tamako Market slash Love Story, and any news on the chances of a Sanjifonium Season 2 release? Well, I suppose the first one to touch on, Andy, is you mentioned Tamako Market there. That's actually a project now that you're heavily involved with. So is there anything you can shed light on for that? Um, yeah, so as, as mentioned, yeah, that is very much in progress now. Um, I've put together a, a design for what we want the, the release to look like. Obviously, that's going to be pending approval, so can't really talk about specifics until that gets kind of signed off, etc., etc. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously, we're, we're planning to do a, a collects edition of uh, of the TV series and, and movie together. Uh, we've, we've got some pretty nice materials to, to work with for it, so, you know, hoping that uh, 
that we can can make a really nice release of it. So, uh, yeah, stay stay tuned over the coming months, and, and hopefully we'll be able to reveal all on that one shortly. Indeed, and when it comes to Sound Euphonium Season 2 or any other element of the Sound Euphonium franchise is probably the way to put it, we've only got the rights to for Season 1 specifically. So the chances of Season 2 or anything else happening is very, very slim, to say the least. But obviously, if we can... It's certainly something we'll look into and we would love to do, but as it stands, there isn't a chance of that happening. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's certainly, as mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of it personally, so, you know, I'm, I'm always I, I, I'm always banging that drum if possible, but yeah, like, nothing nothing going on with that one at the moment, but, uh, you know, we we certainly hear, we hear you when people kind of say that, that they'd like to see season two of it, so, you know, it's, 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 on, it's always on our minds, but yeah, no, nothing beyond that at this point in time. And when it comes to Harahi Andy, it might, we might as well just mention it on here. That is one that we're no longer going to be releasing because it was a title that was part of the distribution arrangement with Funimation. But now that that distribution arrangement has ended, that is not a title we can release anymore. Yep, yep, indeed, yeah. I mean, sad, sad to say, because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of season one of that series in particular. But uh, yeah, that is, uh, is no longer on, on the card, sadly. I mean, it, it was always going to be a slightly weird project because, you know, only season one was, was available to us and, and not the kind of season two of the film. Uh, but yeah, that is, uh, that is, it's no longer a thing, sadly. So uh, unfortunately, won't uh, won't be coming from us if it uh, comes back to the UK. Indeed. And you know, we might as well just make mention of it as well, Andy. When it comes to other Kyoto animation releases, Violet Evergarden very much still in the works that is literally in the works as, uh, as we are speaking on this podcast so hopefully some news to share on that soon so that's not been forgotten about either yeah absolutely from Joshua uh, oh this is a nice question Andy how are you doing during this time hope you're all staying safe Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we are all, as as you can guess from these podcasts, we are all working from from home and, uh, you know, staying uh, staying indoors and uh, and staying uh, away, doing our, our social distancing as as we need to do. But uh, yeah, you know, doing okay. We've been been doing this for like a, a week now, and I think we're all just kind of you know getting used to this new reality for the time being. So uh, so yeah, things things are fine. Yeah, it, it's been a bit of a weird adjustment for me because I'm I'm very much a person who likes to go to to work like work my socks off do my thing and then just come home and and disconnect so being able to get that balance is is still proving to be quite a challenge for me but I'm I'm getting there but I'm also now gradually developing a routine of like factoring and getting workouts in and such and just trying to build a daily routine to make sure that I, I get some good personal time management involved as well yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's the key is A, to like find a routine and stick to it and B, I mean, this is very much dependent on your personal situation. Like, I'm lucky in that I have a room in my house that is an office, so like I can have my work time in the office and then I can leave the office and go, you know, to do other stuff because I think that's always the danger when you're kind of your workspace and your living space kind of seep together too much because then you know you don't have that delineation like it's good to have a desk or or something that you can get up and walk away from and say okay I'm now not at work and uh, I think that's that's the tricky thing for a lot of people you know especially if if you don't have the, the the space um but so yeah like those those would would be my main tips is try to have like you know 
a workspace and yeah make sure you have a routine that is the same as the routine you'd have normally getting up to go to work or school or university or whatever you know set an alarm get up in the morning you know have a shower do a workout do whatever your normal morning routine would be uh and don't don't succumb to the idea of just like sit around in your pajamas all day because at some point that kind of starts becoming unhealthy and and, and difficult to, to manage and uh, I first of all completely agree like from, from my perspective like the, the the flat that I live in like I am literally 15 feet away from my bed and I'm five feet away from my sofa so yeah. it's like and I'm a six foot eight guy so it's on a good day anyway so it's a it, it's a it's a weird battle I, I, like the way I've, I've tried to do this Andy is so to like disconnect myself I have moved my sofa pretty much right up against my TV so that then when the day is over I have to physically pull the sofa back and it's like right now I'm in disconnect mode <laughs> yeah yeah I think those are the kind of things just like little little tricks that are you know letting you kind of you know have that that delineation between work and, and home it's like even you know things like lunch breaks of you know actually you know going getting some fresh air doing something that isn't work because again it's it's the, the temptation which I'm particularly bad at of just like well it's lunchtime you know I'm just going to sit at my desk and do something else whereas you know I'm, I'm trying to actually you know step away and do something different that's you know outside of that workspace and actually have a lunch break and again it's just that that routine and kind of formalizing that stuff in in any way that you can yeah well it's like you know when, when we were at the office we might, might just say it for some context you know we would normally go out for like a half hour 40 minute walk or something and just just chat randomly to see what came up in conversation so exactly and now, and now we just have podcasts for that exactly so. right we're just sitting down doing it now rather than walking yeah yeah i mean maybe, maybe we should just start walking and doing it as well get get some treadmills in oh fine. god but up here mate with, with with the potential of rain and wind up here like it'd be a nightmare for audio quality <laughs> Wait, did you just say do a podcast while on a treadmill? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> that only just hit my brain as you said that. <laughs> I mean, it's probably best to ignore that, but anyway. I mean, there's an idea in the making there. Guys, if you want to hear a podcast on a treadmill... Actually, no, wait, that would cost a lot of money to get a treadmill for each of us. No, I, ret- I retract yeah, that yeah. idea. Yeah, we'd, we'd probably need a Kickstarter for that or something, oh. or, or a Patreon, I don't know. <laughs> we do Patreon just to fund treadmills for us to do a podcast on. <laughs> Uh, Joe, on that note, mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it for the podcast. Partly because a peek behind the curtain, we actually have to go into an into a conference call in a few minutes, so we should probably actually finish this now. But what I am gonna do, folks, is we'll keep the rest of the questions back for the Wednesday show, and uh, obviously we'll put out a call for new questions as well. But we will get to the remaining questions that we have on the Wednesday show. But uh, but thank you very much for listening. I, I hope I hope that you've enjoyed this. We've gone more than an hour, which is far longer than we were intending, actually. But it's been good fun, though, Andy, and I, I, I hope you had fun doing it too. Yes, yeah, and hopefully, yeah, everyone's having a good time and staying safe, and we'll be be back for more very soon. Indeed, thank you very much for listening. If you want to check out our website, make sure you head over to alltheanime.com. There you can get the information on our upcoming releases, as well as other things going on. And of course, on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you search for the username, all the anime, or just put all the anime after the appropriate URL, you will get to it accordingly. And if you're looking to pick up a bargain, everybody, worth mentioning, we have still got the current weekly special offer on, which is valid until tomorrow, that being Tuesday the 24th of March, in a Manchu, that being the Season 1 Collector's Edition Blu-ray set, and the Standard Edition Blu-ray of season one both are on special offer right now through tomorrow so if you want to pick up a fun show to, as a little pick me up that is probably a good one to choose andy any any wisdom you want to, to finish up on 
Uh, no, I, I feel like I've exhausted all of my wisdom for, for the day, so uh, I think I'm good. Folks, thank you very much for listening. Have a nice day. Take care out there, and we will speak to you again very soon. Bye, everyone. <laughs>